Hi, welcome to this week's Times Will Tell, the Times Visual Weekly Podcast. This week, we're talking about Thanksgiving, the holiday of Charlie Brown and peanuts, the holiday of turkey and cranberry and stuffing and pumpkin pie. But we're talking about it in Israel, a land where we usually give thanks at other times of the year, or do we? But it is a long tradition among Anglos, so-called American immigrants to Israel, to celebrate Thanksgiving with their friends and family. There have been many articles, some written by me, about attempting to order a full turkey, getting the third degree from your butcher, cooking fresh pumpkin in order to make pies, importing cranberries in your suitcase on a work trip, or making do with canned cranberries, a not-so-recent import. It is a newer phenomenon, however, to have native Israelis, as we sometimes call them, celebrate Thanksgiving and to do so with much gusto. That's why this week we've gathered a selection of those Israelis who celebrate Thanksgiving and are going to tell us about their traditions and how they came about this very American holiday. Our first guest is Sneer Engsela. Hello, Sneer. Hi, how are you? Good. He is the chef at Gujan Daniel, which we will talk about. He's also the maker of a very major Thanksgiving feast with his wife, Vicky. So we're going to talk about their feast. We're going to talk about his work and I'm going to let Sneer tell us first, when did you start celebrating Thanksgiving? Well, I, I encountered Thanksgiving the first time my wife took me to her parents' place in Ithaca, New York. I think it was, I don't know, maybe, maybe 20 years ago, I think. She's a Chinese-American, so her Thanksgiving is uh, a little different than the classic. But this was my first encounter with it, and we've been trying to celebrate it ever since. I think you mentioned that you guys have some interesting elements in your Thanksgiving feast. We'll get to the Israeli aspect of it, but I, I kind of loved hearing about the Chinese-American elements, which is always great when any immigrant group brings their, their different cuisines to the, to the Thanksgiving meal. So what do you guys do? What are some of the standards? She makes this amazing uh, rice stuffing that has mm. shiitake mushrooms and water chestnuts. And it's we do it, some of it in the turkey and some of it baked on the side. It never, there's never leftovers of that. <laughs> you were also telling me that how many turkeys do you guys make? I think you said three or yes, four. Yes, we do, we do three turkeys. They're, the, you know, the turkeys in Israel, they're only come in big sizes they don't right no small turkeys yeah. no no small turkeys so we do three turkeys we, we only do it i do it the the martha stewart beer beer turkeys ah okay the, the cheesecloth dipped in butter and beer and then covered the, the breast for the entire baking very tender very yes. tender yeah <laughs> so this is my go-to turkey way um, okay i haven't okay. attempted frying turkey yet but it's, I have to run it by my wife first. So you have to tell me why it is that you do so many, you make so many turkeys. How many people come to your Thanksgiving feast? We go through this uh, series of like worried about making a small Thanksgiving and we can't handle a big Thanksgiving this year and so on and so forth every year. And it end up always being around like 30 people. <laughs> and the, the problem is that we end up not inviting a lot of the, our friends because we just really run out of room in the house. It's right. a long table that covers the entire length of our living room. Right. Basically. Right. 
and everybody's coming and it's a we we don't have any anglos actually except for my wife which is really interesting i mean again you you married a chinese american so it's natural that you would celebrate thanksgiving in the sense that she's american and this is one of her traditions but what is it like being an israeli again granted you lived abroad you lived in the states for many years what is it like being an Israeli celebrating Thanksgiving? What does it mean First, to you? I, I really like the fact that just uh, stop in the middle of everything that you do. You know what I mean? Like You have to make a day out of it because right. it always falls on a Thursday. We always celebrate on a Friday here due to the work week. But mm-hmm. it, it's so nice to just gather everybody around and just stop for a second, appreciate what you have, you know, just be with friends and family. It's really, really nice. How do the Israelis that you invite, how do they, what are their reactions to Thanksgiving? What do they think about it? What have been some of of the... First of all, they love, they love the food. (laughs) Because none of it is traditional holiday feast here. No. No. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is not. It's not chicken soup and it's not Mizrahi and it's not spicy. It's just, it's Thanksgiving food. We don't do the marshmallow on the mashed, on the sweet potatoes, but... (laughs) That you draw a line there. You draw a line at marshmallows on sweet potatoes. Brussels sprouts, bacon, cider glaze, this, that. There's a lot of this. And people love it. The fun part about hosting Israelis for Thanksgiving is that they eat. They, <laughs> they're coming to eat. They're, they're not like, oh, we'll just take a small piece of this, a small piece of that. No, 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 no. They dig in. I think one of my fondest pictures of my daughter was when she was five years old or six years old, maybe two, four years ago, sitting yeah. with a whole turkey drumstick in her mouth. <laughs> and biting into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're coming to eat. So do you bring any Israeli culinary traditions, anything Middle Eastern, or is it really just full-on no, American? I think, it, American. I think it's a full-on American tradition. The, the stuffing is always the right stuffing, obviously. Right, um, right. There's always chestnuts. There's always sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts, whenever we can get them here. I was going to say, where do you get your, where do you get your Brussels sprouts? I have people. You have people. He, he also gets strawberries very early, everyone. He got strawberries and it's November. That's unheard of. <laughs> I have my people. Okay. Okay. Whenever we can get Brussels sprouts, we do Brussels sprouts, tons of bacon, apple mm-hmm. cider stuff. Um, what about cranberries? Cranberries, definitely. And we're... The Russian delis. You have Russian to go delis. to the Russian delis. Yeah, they're the only ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's good. We do that. Right. There's always... Yeah, there's so much food. Turkey. And I'm curious, pumpkin for you, are you a purist? Do you cook the pumpkin or do you use the canned pumpkin that's now available? It's not a purist thing, but I, I cook the pumpkin. So you roast it or you boil it? I'm just curious. I, I roast it. Okay. But the because the pumpkin in Israel they don't get cured like they do in the states, you know. Right. They're, so they're always they're always full of moisture. You got to dry them, otherwise the. And that's why you roast it. Yeah. Give me. Okay. Okay. This is this is these are good tips for me as well that I'm that I'm going to take advantage of as I move forward into my feast. You got to okay. roast it, otherwise the 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 your puree will be too wet, too wet, too watery and wet. Exactly. I know. And then my other question for you is when you, in terms of ordering turkeys, granted you're a chef, so you have your 
obviously all your suppliers. I have to go. No, none of my suppliers carry turkey. Explain this to me. I don't know. <laughs> this is Israel. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this to <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Okay. Okay. But Sneer, where do you, okay. Where do you get your turkey? Start with that. I go to yeah. the local butcher yeah. in my town and I order three turkeys. We go through the same ritual every year. I ordered the three turkeys. He said, I'm probably not going to be able to get them for you. <laughs> same. <laughs> Nobody sells turkeys whole in Israel. Apparently, they only grow breasts and thighs. <laughs> Dude, just give me the damn turkeys. Like, no, no, I don't have it. And every year he comes through. The the good thing about the turkeys is they're actually good here. They're like, oh, you think you think they're different? You think they're they're different than what you get in the states? Remind me more of the more like fancy farm raised. Yeah, interesting. Because they're they have longer breasts. Okay, they they don't have the round like big, you know, uh, what's a butterball? Their turkeys, right, are right, right, right. So they don't have that. They're right. more long breasted. They are long. It's true. And they're yummy. But it's so funny that you have to do the same thing that I have to do. Uh, everybody, everybody. It's like a mafia. <laughs> but, but you know, also another tip is the fact that all the turkeys here are kosher. They come right. pre-brined. Ah, that's interesting. I never thought about it. So they all come pre-brined. So that adds so much salt to the meat. You don't have to defrost them and you don't have to do the, you know, the soaking in, in salt water for like, Oh, I never, you know, it's funny. I never actually made Thanksgiving in the States. I have only made Thanksgiving here in Israel. Really? Yes, because I've been here since I'm in my 20s. And that's when I started making oh. Thanksgiving for my friends and then my family. So, but here's another question, Sneer, because I feel like you might know the answer to this. The fact is, is that you see wild turkeys here. Yeah. Okay, but no one seems to be eating those wild turkeys or are they? And we just don't know about it. I, I think all the turkeys are, they, I, I don't know. I think they go to like shawarma stands for like their, and stuff like that. They don't really, nobody, really nobody. I don't know. I can't find anybody that will sell me turkeys at the restaurant. Nobody will sell turkeys to a restaurant. None of my purveyors deals with turkeys or. Interesting. It's very wait, now. Are you going to be serving? And do you serve anything Thanksgiving-ish at the restaurant? Tell us about the restaurant. Once November hits, I go through my uh, pumpkin pie phase at the restaurant. At the restaurant, I make pumpkin oh, wow. pie. Yeah, it's very hard. Nobody buys it. <laughs> Everybody on Instagram tells me that they love it. You go on my Instagram feed. There's like all these people that oh, we love pumpkin pie. You're not the only one that loves pumpkin pie. Blah blah blah. At the end of it. My stomach has to eat like, you know, three and a half pies that I made for the restaurant. <laughs> Each of them is like 10 portions and I've eaten all and of them. And even your workers, no one, no staff, no one eats it? My staff loves it. So what do you think it is? Why don't they, why don't they like it? I don't know. They, it's just, it's just something, I don't think it's something people buy here, but yeah. they eat it. If I give it to them, they eat it and they love it, but they don't like voluntarily spend money on it. like Right, right. They're not going to buy a slice of it or they're not going to buy a whole pie. Fascinating. No. Fascinating. Okay. I, I make it regardless every year. <laughs> I don't care. You have to. Every you year, every it. year. Yeah, this and apple pie. Okay, but apple pie, people buy. People buy apple pie. Yeah. 
Okay, but you don't make cranberry relish. You don't make. No, I last year. Okay. Yeah, no, actually, <laughs> it's funny. This year, this yeah. year, I uh, we have a dish of a uh, duck confit on the menu. Okay. And I've been struggling with this dish for many, many years because it's always like mashed potatoes and some sweet sauce, and I, and it's hard for me. It's it's too it's even too bistro for my taste. Okay, I've been working on it and working on it, and this year I finally said, you know what, I'm making Thanksgiving with it. So now it's served with like this um, sweet potato puree that I make with brown butter and sage. Beautiful. There's like there's a glaze on the duck that I make. I make this gastric like sweet and sour. Okay. And it's got tons of spice. It got like pink peppercorns and sage and hazelnuts and like even pickled jalapenos. I, I made them into like this powder and I crossed the duck with it. And now every time I eat it, I think about Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is my Thanksgiving on the menu. All- right. But they don't know it, but your, your customers don't know it. They don't know that they're eating Thanksgiving. Yeah. If I could get if I could get turkeys and stuff, I would do something here for Thanksgiving. Then we'll have to talk about that when you when you when you finally succeed in getting turkeys. I promise I will let you know the morning I find someone who's willing to give me turkeys. I'll actually talk to my strawberry guy. He re- oh, then here you go. Your strawberry guy is your turkey guy. I- I'll talk I- to him. I'll see what. He- <laughs> okay. I just don't want to know how he'll deliver those. <laughs> yeah, turkeys are mean. Turkeys are they're not easy to to wrangle. Absolutely not. Sneer, Sneer Angsella, we wish you the happiest of Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thank you so much. Once the nation's political powerhouse, the Israeli left has crumbled. What's behind this dramatic demise? The Jewish Quarterly, leading international journal of ideas and culture, is back again with The Strange Death and Curious Rebirth of the Israeli Left, featuring a lead essay by Anshel Pfeffer and pieces by Raphael Zarum, Lauren Elkin, Richard J. Evans, and more. The Jewish Quarterly, issue 246, is out now. Available at good bookshops and newsagents or subscribe now at jewishquarterly.com. And now we're here with Gavi Nelson from Eating Around Israel. And Gavi, it should be said, is saving souls one by one by offering pumpkin spice to all of those who are missing their pumpkin spice lattes or just the ease of America and pumpkin spice in one small package. Gavi, hello. Tell us about your spice mix. Tell us everything you can. Well, I think my first introduction to pumpkin spice, as you told me before, was actually after I moved to Israel. I'm already here nine years. So really? I, had, I don't think I ever really had pumpkin spice when I was back in the States. Definitely had pumpkin pie, but I don't think it was such a thing to put pumpkin spice in right. back then. Right. It was sort of like a cinnamon nutmeg situation. Um, and I think my first introduction was when I would visit my parents. I would get a pumpkin spice latte with soy at <laughs> Starbucks um, because I have a dairy allergy. And also, back when I lived in the States, vegan milks weren't really a thing yet. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to have that be accessible here as well. Um, Gavi, let's, let's t- tell us about your spice business before we delve deeper into pumpkin spice. Tell us about eating around Israel. Well, so I, I started this business about five years ago. Um, 
giving food tours to mostly tourists in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. And then about a year in, I realized that every at the end of every single tour, people wanted to buy spices to bring back to the States or Australia or the UK, wherever they came from. And one, it's sort of a hassle sometimes to like have to bring back a ton of spices. And also at some point you do run out and you're not coming back. So I just thought of the idea to open up an online spice shop. Um, and I would basically source spices from some of my favorite vendors. And then as time went on, I also started developing my own spice mixes. One of them is called, I call it everything but the bagel. So it's like a Middle Eastern take on everything but the bagel with like Zata mm, and Sumac and Nigella. Nice. And then, yeah. And then I also developed pumpkin spice. Um, okay. Which obviously is also like a popular Trader Joe's spice. You can find it in a lot of different places in the States. Who are you thinking was your market though for the pumpkin spice? Since we are talking about those who celebrate Thanksgiving in Israel in this podcast. Yeah, so obviously the, the biggest market definitely was the Americans. Uh, the, definitely the ones who also have the uh, biggest reaction, I guess you can say. Like whenever I post it somewhere, people are like, oh my God, I found it. Or like, I can get it. I can finally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely, uh, people were excited. <laughs> In the American way, instead of having to take out your nutmeg and your cinnamon and your cloves and your... Allspice, it's all right there. But you have a few other things in your pumpkin spice. You have some Middle Eastern takes, right? Do you want to? Are you willing to share what's in the pumpkin spice mix? Please tell us. I'm willing to share. Yeah, I also think they always say from my from my experience watching like different shows on like Food Network, they always say the secret's not in the ingredients, it's in the amounts. So I'm happy to share the. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Ingredients. So tell us uh-huh. what what really defines your pumpkin spice. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll quickly go over just the main spices, which is cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, cloves, allspice. Those are like the five basics. And then the sixth one is cardamom, which is supposed to be in all pumpkin spices, often because it's such an expensive spice. I think it's after vanilla and saffron, it's the most expensive spice in the world. So I guess the third most expensive spice. Um, Yeah, it can cost upwards of like $60 a pound, something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm trying to convert like shekels to dollars in my head right now. So I might've gotten that off. I get it. But it's, it's a pricey one. You're saying it's a pricey spice. It's a pricey one. Yeah. So I definitely like put cardamom in there because it is, I think one of the most important like flavor profiles, like gives it this warmth and sort of this, like it's different because it's not really a flavor that you're used to. Um, and uh, I guess you can say the most secret ingredient is Persian lime. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Persian lime is like this sort of like pickled, lemon that's then like left out to dry traditionally left out to dry right. in the sun and it's often added for like stews and different per- mostly persian cuisine and i found that most pumpkin spices because they're so warm in flavor they'll often add like things like lemon peel or they'll add like different lemon flavorings and often it's like sort of like citrus salt or things that are not as natural so i wanted to give a more i guess both middle eastern and more natural approach to get that like fresh zesty flavor that's nice. I like that idea. I'm going. So you're saying that if I get a hold of your pumpkin spice for this season, this Thanksgiving season, I will be adding a more Middle Eastern feel to my pumpkin pies and other Thanksgiving treats. I like that idea. Yeah. So here's my next question for you, Gavi. Have you been able to convince your Israeli clientele, your native Israeli clientele, to try pumpkin spice? in their stews and baked goods. What's the likelihood of that? I think it's possible. 
I will say that personally, I definitely often sell, I do often mostly gear towards people outside of Israel, but I've definitely had people reach out to me and I've posted it on like local Facebook groups and they'll sort of ask like what it is. And definitely the first, my first go-to is explain that it's very similar to Hawaii for coffee, like the warm spice flavor. Like obviously the name can scare people. Like what is pumpkin spice? They often ask me if there's pumpkin in it, (laughs) to which my answer is no. Um, (laughs) But... Did you consider not naming it pumpkin spice because of that? Because not really. It doesn't really pay, I guess. Yeah. It's sort of like one of those, it's one of those things where it's just known as pumpkin spice. Like, what can you do? Right. Right. I hear you. Okay. So you're saying that if I sprinkle that on my coffee, I'm going to feel a little bit like I've got the pumpkin spice latte happening without, if I, but I need the pumpkin too. Okay. You do. Okay. I think so. And then Gavi, are you... What do you use it for? The pumpkin, the, your pumpkin spice? Well, I use it anywhere from like traditional like coffee. Um, I like adding it in cookies and cakes. That's like also pretty traditional. Mm-hmm. I always say like if you have a recipe that calls for cinnamon, you can easily throw in pumpkin spice and you're getting a whole okay. extra slew of flavors. And on the more, I guess, I don't know if the right, correct word is radical, but the more radical ways to use it would be in things like rices and stews, which is definitely a more like, like in its more Indian geared way of cooking with warm spices that like we always view cloves and cinnamon and nutmeg as these spices for dessert, but often it's traditionally used actually in savory cooking. So I'll add it to rices and stews, even like vegetable soup. Uh, okay. I like that idea. And then we, we do have to ask in this podcast, what are your Thanksgiving plans? What are my Thanksgiving plans? Are you cooking? Plans? Are you eating? Are you thinking about it yet? Or are you being Israeli and you haven't made a plan yet? You stole my answer from me. I was going to say that I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm from the United States so and I have a lot of friends from there. So chances are we are going to do something. But after nine years of living in this country, I most definitely have not made plans yet. Okay. And I, we respect that. We respect that. We, <laughs> we really, do. really do. Except I will say, I don't know if you're a meat eater or not, but if you are planning on eating the bird that often is associated with this holiday, you need to order it ahead of time. Just reminding you of that. That is true. I am mostly on my way to being vegan, so... I didn't want to assume anything. And you do live in Tel Aviv, so (laughs) it's a safe assumption. Stereotype. (laughs) (laughs) We really thank you for explaining what your pumpkin spice looks and smells like. And uh, I'm going to go get a hold of some so that I can sprinkle it into my pumpkin pies. Sounds good. Absolutely. All right. Gavi, we hope to have you here soon again. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving. We're here with Yael Knan, who is what we call a native Israeli. And she and her partner celebrate Thanksgiving. So this, of course, is very is, is what they've been doing for a long time. But I'm very curious, Yael, as to you started to tell me, when did you start celebrating Thanksgiving and why? You, there's so many Israeli and Jewish holidays. Why Thanksgiving? Tell us about it. Well, first of all, it doesn't have all the rules of Israeli holidays. <laughs> We're religious, so everything has to be according to a certain theme or something that you need to do according to what's written. And here, it's just, for us anyway, it's just fun. 
we can do whatever we feel like with the holiday and the way we want to celebrate it. I think we started celebrating after we had a visit to the States and we went to the Macy's Parade. And so everything that we've been seeing on TV shows all our lives, uh, we grew up on American TV sitcoms and shows. And it was it looked like fun. And the whole atmosphere of a holiday and the colors felt like, okay, let's try to do it at home. So we came back and we did the first meal of like our Thanksgiving meal, but it was on Friday. You don't celebrate it on Thanksgiving Day, just the day after. It's too, it's too hard to do it on Thursday. Yeah. In Israeli calendar. Yeah, and also it doesn't feel right. Like our biggest meal is on Friday night. So that's right. how we celebrate. And then it sort of grew. Every year it grew into something bigger. And then we said, well, let's try turkey. And next year I started picking up recipes from my friends and looking at the web and buying a huge turkey, which didn't fit my oven. So I needed to use <laughs> our neighbor's one. So I came back and forth to make the to make the turkey and then we sort of grew on it and now it's something that we do what are some of your traditions what are some of your thanksgiving traditions on yom shishi on friday night what are some of the things that you make i make turkey with right. stuffing but the stuffing is on the on side side stuffing because i heard it's not good for your home. not not healthy to stick it in there yeah right yeah and we had friends so they made pumpkin pies and I make yams with marshmallows on it and all sort of fun things to do. We yeah. decorate the table with autumn stuff, uh, with the pines and with pine cones and leaves. Right, which is a little bit harder to find around here because as as it's known in Hebrew, Aleisha Lechet, they're uh, especially, and where do you live? You live in Tel Aviv, right? You, yeah, we uh, live in Tel Aviv. Not so many fall leaves in Tel Aviv. <laughs> No, not so many, but you know, you can make them by yourself with some piece of paper and scissors. So, right, you make it work. <laughs> now, I hear that you also celebrate some other, uh, some people will call them American holidays, some people would call them uh, not just American holidays like Halloween, and maybe there's a little bit of Christmas in there. Could you tell us a little bit more about that kind of about those celebrations that you have? So Halloween was started. So we started celebrating Halloween in our neighborhood a few years ago. Some neighbors that came from the states or from Europe said they feel like they want to have this fun wintry event. Okay. So they don't call it Halloween. Actually, they call it Night of All the Neighbors. But ah. it's Halloween themed. Okay. Since COVID started, so it came out and now it's in the yards. And all kind of buildings in the neighborhood, they decorate it with all Halloween stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Last And I think there were 100 families this year participating, like 800 or kids going around the neighborhood. That's wild. Okay. Yeah, it's totally wild. But also a few other neighborhoods had it this year, I know, after us. And last year we won first prize for decorating our yard. Really? Okay. Yeah, this year we got nominated, but we didn't get any prizes. <laughs> you can't win every year. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's not America after all. We started... I think in America, there's also always the one that wins the pie contest every year or her yard wins every year. In Israel, okay. we're more socialists, so everybody needs to feel like they can win. Got it. Okay. Um, 
And Christmas also? Well, Christmas, we don't celebrate Christmas. We do it on Friday nights. Okay. And it's just an event that you can give presents and you can have the feel of it. And we invite friends over. Also, it all started after a few visits to the States around Christmas. And we took just the fun of it. Right. Family side of it, the fun of it. The magical decorations. The magical Disney Disney fairy tale of Christmas. I think that's what we celebrate. I don't think we celebrate Christmas because we don't. But we right. do celebrate the Disney feel of Christmas. It's it's fascinating for me as someone who's American born and grew up in the States because growing up and I grew up in a religious family and I know that your partner is religious things like Christmas and Halloween were verboten. You know, we didn't go near it because it was what, you know, our neighbors who were not Jewish did and we respected them and we wished them happy holidays, but we would never would have celebrated it. So it's fascinating for me to hear that you're, you're taking just the, the aura of these holidays, but I would love for you to explain to listeners why it doesn't feel like something that you shouldn't be doing. In other words, for listeners all around the world to think that in Israel, there are Jews, Jewish Israelis who are celebrating these two Christian holidays. It's just, it's hard to comprehend. So I would love to understand a little bit more from your perspective of it. I think growing up in the States or countries where you're a minority, that you need to reinforce your religion. You need to reinforce your beliefs and you need to separate yourself from the others. But right here, we're all, all around us are Jewish people. We celebrate the Jewish calendar. We go, our Shabbat is Shabbat Jewish calendar wise. Our whole life goes around being Jewish. Mm-hmm. So we can afford to celebrate other things, just the aura of it without feeling less Jewish or without being concerned that our kids will think that's more fascinating or more fun than what they have at home. I think when you're sure of who and what you you are, it's easier to celebrate other things that might not be celebrated abroad. Right. And to just have fun with it, basically, like you do. Yeah, exactly. And we usually, we don't celebrate it on the date of the holiday itself. Right. We don't celebrate that. We do it around the Friday night that's closer to this specific event like every day is a reason to celebrate and every holiday around can be something that you do and you find the fun of it like i like decorating i like having theme themes about things we have meals and sometimes it's like fairy it's sometimes it's fairy fairies and sometimes it can be butterflies or could be flowers or could be something else so christmas is another thing but Also, it's a bit like to feel that you jumped across the ocean for a while, like for one evening that you're not home, you're somewhere far, far away, especially at COVID. So last year, we even took our TV and we made it into a fireplace and there was fire (laughs) and there were presents and there were drinks. Right. I like it. Wait, so we're going to go back to Thanksgiving just for one moment because that is the holiday that's coming up. Uh, I know that you just did Halloween, but you know, Thanksgiving. So I assume you've ordered your turkey because that's, of course, always an issue in these parts, even though we supposedly have so many. No, I didn't order it yet. Usually I order the week of Thanksgiving. Ah, okay. 
And cranberries. Do you do cranberries? Is that something that you like or that you stay away from? Well, I tried once and decided that we can live without it. We don't <laughs> like cranberries that much. Okay, but I might send you a recipe. I have a really good recipe if you're interested, if you'd like to try it. <laughs> I can try new recipes, but I don't do recipes usually because okay. I like being inventive and creative when I cook, not Got just it. when I do stuff. But on Christmas and Thanksgiving, I do take recipes because it's not food that I've grown up with. So I need right. to try and the other taste and finding things that are similar to what we so good recipes are welcome and then the other question i had was do you invite you know some people have very strict rules about who they invite for thanksgiving that or these american holidays that they only invite other americans that they dafka invite people who don't come from thanksgiving backgrounds who's around your table friends and family friends Friends usually, friends, not friends. family. Yeah, okay. Friends come over sometimes. We had Americans once, I think, but mostly just Israeli, native Israeli friends that feel that they could benefit from the atmosphere and the fun of being together. And hopefully, they'll eat turkey. That's obviously. If you're not, if you're vegan, you're probably not a very good friend of ours. <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll let that one go, but you do live in Tel Aviv, so I imagine it's a little hard to avoid the vegan friends, but I don't know. Maybe not, you know. You plan well, as you do. We don't avoid them, but uh, we don't invite them for Thanksgiving meals anyway. I hear you. I hear you. Well, Yael, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving full of good food and good friends and good times. And we thank you for being with us on the podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to all our guests for this special Thanksgiving in Israel episode. We'd love to hear how you celebrate. Maybe it'll make for an episode for next year. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving. Chag Hodaya Sameach. We'll see you next week, or you'll hear us next week. And of course, at our daily briefings, five days a week. Take care. Take care.